Bishop Midifil Bionis is the auxiliary bishop of the Cebu Archdiocese and at 50 years of age is one of the youngest bishops in the Philippines. He recently gave a homily in which he explained how he went through a great crisis of faith as a priest. It came at a time in his life six years ago when his 74-year-old mother became ill and his only prayer was for an extension of her life, which was not granted. The future bishop wasn't ready to lose his mom. His father had passed away recently, and 10 years earlier, his sister and only sibling had also died. It was really painful when my mother died, he said. Because of that, I stopped praying, especially the rosary. I stopped praying the rosary because Mary left my mom. I felt like she had turned her back on me. At the time, Father Biones said he was doubting his priestly vocation because of grief and depression. I felt so distant from the Lord and also from Mama Mary. One day he was caught in a bad traffic jam in Manila. He tried a shortcut only to find that the road was blocked. Amidst the traffic jam, still emotionally struggling from the loss of his mom, the priest again began to question his existence and God's plan for him. But as you probably know, God's grace come, sometimes comes in unexpected ways and places. Because while braving the traffic, the car stopped near a gate where there was a poster bearing the image of the Virgin Mary. And written on the poster, it said, Am I not here who am your mother? He saw that and broke down in tears. I cried because of pain, because of my sense of loss. I had not really grieved my mother's death because I had to be strong, and I had a lot of work, he said. But I also cried because I was so ashamed of the thoughts that I felt Mary did not care. And on top of everything, I cried because I learned she did not leave me. In the midst of Manila's crazy traffic, the bishop said he experienced the grace of healing. The Blessed Mother saw and brought him back into the heart of God. Believe it or not, the next day I started praying again. Some of you may know those words that he saw on the poster. Am I not here who am your mother? They're the words of the mother of God when she appeared to a native Mexican in 1531. Allow me to read the full words of Our Lady of Guadalupe to Juan Diego. Know for certain, littlest of my sons, that I am the perfect and perpetual Virgin Mary, mother of the true God, through whom everything lives, the Lord of all things near and far, the master of heaven and earth. I wish and intensely desire that in this place my sanctuary be erected, here I will demonstrate and exhibit and give all my love, my compassion, my help, and my protection to the people. I am your merciful mother, the merciful mother of all of you who live united in this land and of all mankind, of all those who love me. Here I will hear their weeping, their sorrow, and will remedy and alleviate all their multiple sufferings, necessities, and misfortunes. Listen. Put it into your heart, my youngest and dearest son, 
that the thing that frightens you, the thing that afflicts you is nothing. Do not let it disturb you. Am I not here, I who am your mother? Are you not under my shadow and protection? Am I not the source of your joy? Are you not in the hollow of my mantle, in the crossing of my arms? Do you need something more? Let nothing else worry you or disturb you. No tengas miedo. No estoy yo aquí, que soy tu madre. Do not be afraid. Am I not here who am your mother? It seems so simple. It's such an important aspect of the story of Our Lady Guadalupe. Mary is our mother. And if she's our mother, why be afraid? When Mary appeared to Juan Diego, she also called him my little one. Not that he was a little boy. Juan Diego was an old man. But no matter how old we are, we're all Mary's little ones. She is our mother. And Our Lady Guadalupe can provide a helpful focus as we celebrate Advent and appreciate the scripture readings today. I'm sure you all know the story of how Juan Diego had a vision of a woman claiming to be Mary, the mother of Jesus at Tepeyac, a squalid Indian village outside of Mexico City. She directed Juan Diego to tell the bishop to build a church in Tepeyac. The bishop, however, dismissed the Indian's tale as mere superstition and insisted that Juan Diego bring some sort of proof. Three days later, December 12, 1531, Juan Diego was hurrying to get a priest for his dying uncle. The woman appeared again and told Juan Diego to pick some roses that had miraculously bloomed on the frozen rocky hilltop amid the November snow, December snows and to take them to the bishop as a sign. When he opened his poncho to present the roses to the bishop, the flowers poured out to reveal an image of the Virgin Mary imprinted upon his cloak. And at the same time, his uncle, who was near death, was also visited by Our Lady and miraculously cured. The image imprinted on Juan Diego's telma defies all scientific explanation. There's no brushstrokes. The pigmentation has no animal or mineral elements, and synthetic colorings didn't exist in 1531. And the poor-made quality cactus cloth that's made of should have deteriorated in 20 years, yet over 470 years later, it still hangs in the Basilica of Guadalupe with no sign of decay, as it's venerated by millions of pilgrims from around the world. Throughout Advent, we hear the message proclaimed by John the Baptist, make straight the way of the Lord. Just as John led people to Christ, so too Our Lady Guadalupe is the evangelizer of the Americas. She points and leads to her son and the gospel. After Christopher Columbus discovered America, when the Spanish soldiers came to Mexico to make it part of the Spanish Empire, missionaries also came with them desiring to share the word of God with the newly discovered people, to preach to all nations as Christ had instructed. And they were quite unsuccessful. After 30 years, they had only converted a few hundred native Mexicans to the Christian faith. 
Perhaps they didn't understand the new teachings, which were so different from their gods. Or perhaps it was just the Mexicans' dislike for the Spanish conquistadors that caused them to reject the missionaries who came with them. Juan Diego was one of only a very few handful of Christian converts, having been baptized at age 50. But then these miracles occurred of Jesus' mother appearing to him, roses on a frozen hillside, his uncle miraculously cured, and the beautiful image left on his mantle. This event taught the people about the truth and beauty of Christ, more than the missionaries were able to. And within seven years, nine million of the native Mexican-Americans converted to Christianity. And the devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe continues to this day. It's clear God has chosen Mary to lead people to her son, Jesus. The devotion and passing on of faith that's come from the apparition to Juan Diego shows this. In this case, she not only went before Jesus, she truly brought him with her. Because in the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, there's a black ribbon around her waist that signifies she's pregnant. That she has the child Jesus within her. A graphic depiction of the fact that Christ is to be born among the peoples of the new world. Significantly, Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared not as a white-skinned, blue-eyed blonde-haired European Madonna, but as dark-skinned, brown-eyed, black-haired, an Indian mother. And she spoke to Juan Diego in his native Aztec language. Christ and Christianity are for all peoples and all ages. Even if the language, music, and customs are different, Christ's message is the same. True for everyone in every time and place. Consider also the location in which Our Lady chose to appear. Mexico City was the stronghold of the conquistadors and hub of the Aztec and Spanish Empire in the New World, the center of arts, culture, and religion. But she doesn't come there. She comes to Tepeyac, a poor village of conquered Indians on the farthest outskirts of Mexico City, a place with no power, no wealth, no significance not even a church. It's a reminder of how Christ came to us. He came choosing not to come as a royal prince, not to be born in an important city like Jerusalem, but as the son of a poor carpenter. Because he comes as one like us. He took on our human flesh and experienced all that we do, the same emotions and feelings the same pain and suffering that we do. Today, Isaiah proclaims that God comes to strengthen the feeble and weak, to help the frightened and alone, to cure the blind and lame, to bring glad tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captive free. This should come as no surprise. Throughout history, God has consistently chosen to be with the poor and needy. We know that God hears the cry of the poor. And appearing to Juan Diego, Our Lady restates the gospel message, helping translate Jesus' coming in first century Palestine into a message that still speaks in 16th century Mexico, in 21st century America. 
that Jesus comes bringing good news to the poor, the captive, the blind. Because how many in our time are still spiritually poor, still spiritually blind and lame? How many still need Christ? Mary asked that a church be built on Tepeyac Hill, a temple where people could know and worship her son, a place where her children could bring their sorrows, grief, sickness. The words of Isaiah and of the Blessed Virgin have particular significance in this time before Christmas because Christ comes to help those in need. And again, not just the poor and physically sick, but he comes for all our spiritual needs. He comes to heal and forgive the debt of sin, to help those who, all those who live in darkness and sadness. That's why this Advent season is also a time of repentance and conversion. The call of John the Baptist to prepare the way of the Lord is also the call of the church. Like the people of his time, we still need to recognize and admit our sins, our need for God's forgiveness, which is why we continue to make use of the sacrament of confession and recognize that we cannot save ourselves. As Isaiah says, be strong, fear not. This is a gift, an opportunity which no one should pass up. The story I told of Bishop Biones for me is a Reminder to ask the question, has God stopped speaking and revealing himself to us? Or have we stopped listening? Are we the ones who have silenced him? Are we the ones so distracted, whether consciously or unconsciously, of all the things that we're no longer able to listen to him? The challenge for us is to not lose our bearings, whether it be in these busy times and the Christmas preparations, or those times in our lives where we encounter trial and suffering. Hear the message of Guadalupe, which is the message of the gospel. Jesus wants to enter into our lives, our families, our communities, our country. John had to go out into the desert to hear the word of God, which reminds us of the effort and purification we need to be able to listen, to hear God speaking to us. A reminder that we have to make time for prayer a priority. It's not going to happen by accident. We have to be silent and listen for how he speaks to us in the liturgy of the church, especially as we celebrate the Eucharist. In the gospel we read, in the scriptures, we have to internalize that message in our prayer. God, of course, can also speak to us in so many other ways and people, especially the prophets of our own time, our pope, bishop, pastors. He speaks to us through the lives of saints and martyrs whose holiness tell us of the mystery of God. As one example, much deeper than that exterior grace of having been chosen to be a messenger of Our Lady, Juan Diego would dedicate the rest of his life to prayer and the practice of virtue and grow in that interior grace, showing the boundless love of God and neighbor. He lived such a life of holiness, he was canonized as Saint Juan Diego in 2002. 
The story of Mary's apparitions to Juan Diego is a message of her love and compassion and of her son's universal promise to help and protect. She comes saying nothing should frighten or grieve us. Let not your heart be troubled or disturbed. Your mother is here, and she brings your Savior. This is the message Bishop Bidionius had to learn once again. And let us not make the same mistake he did. In grief, in pain, in suffering, that's not the time to stop praying. That's precisely when we are close to the cross of Christ. And we can receive from him that grace and strength he gives there on the cross. And in those moments when we're standing near the cross of Jesus, we'll find ourselves standing next to his mother and our mother. Our Lady of Guadalupe, we celebrate on December 12th, calls us to know the presence of God in our lives, to prepare our hearts this Advent season by listening to him, to purify our lives of sins, distractions, and obstacles that keep us from God. So today, let us echo the prayer of the early church and make it our own. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come and bring us your healing and salvation. Come and fill us with joy and hope. Come into our lives. Come and help us listen to your word and follow it. Come and forgive us. Save us. Be with us. Mary, patroness of the Americas, protector of the unborn, our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. To Jesus Christ, your Son, be all honor and glory forever. Amen.